And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, speaking of making things grow, if you're a gardener, you might add compost to something. We also might talk a little trash today, but maybe not the same kind of trash that you're used to talking about. We're going to talk about compost. It's pretty simple. Now, before we do that, I got a couple things that I need to update everyone. So as, an, as a reminder, this entire week, we've been shining a light on the impactful work happening in my hometown and Startup Hustle's hometown of Kansas City. It's Kansas City, Missouri. I know I blow people's minds when they learn that Kansas City's mainly in Missouri, but it kind of goes in both places. I actually live in Kansas. But thanks to the great people over at the Economic Development Corporation of KCMO, that's Kansas City, Missouri, for those out of the area. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with another founder that's involved with the Keystone Innovations Group. Group's Social Venture Studios cohort. And with that, a reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by the Economic Development Corporation of KCMO. That's the EDCKC. If you can say that five times in a row really fast, good for you. But they're proud to support the dreamers and doers in our great city through a variety of programs, including Launch KC and KC Up. If you're in or around the Kansas City area, you can learn more by visiting E dckc.com. There's a link for that in the show notes, which makes it really easy. And you can also go to launchkc.org. We've talked about them a lot in the past. Really great program. With me today, I've got Kristen Chamberlain, and she is the founder and executive director of KC Can Compost. Guess what? There's a link for that in the show notes too. Without further ado, straight from my hometown, Kristen, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I mentioned we were going to talk trash, and before we get into that, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your backstory because it might help me formulate my trash talking. Sure, I want to help you formulate that trash. Talking. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so Casey Can idea um, and the impetus for um, for Casey Can Compost developed in 2016 when I met the executive director at the time of Kansas City Rescue Mission. And his ambition and goal was to help people transitioning out of homelessness and incarceration and other difficult circumstances uh, find living wage employment um, that would help them move to kind of that next stage in uh, their lives and uh, next stage of independence. So I jumped on board to um, really begin investigating what would help those uh, individuals dealing with barriers to employment and at the same time uh, fulfill a real market need. And compost uh, really rose to the, the front very quickly for me. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, just 
realistically, that seems like an interesting business to get into um, just overall. And by the way, I really want to commend you for what you're doing because I really am a green earth kind of person. And I really appreciate people that blaze the trail and make it possible and easier to just do that. I think that um, I mean, unfortunately, we got to nudge some people along to have a greener existence, but I think more options on how to do that are certainly great. So, I mean, when it comes to like upcycling your food scraps, I mean, and all that, is that the main thing? Is this more about, so we'll, we'll let, wait, 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 what is compost? Let's just define that. What is compost? Back up here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, cart way before the compost cart was way before the horse there. That That's okay. Um, yeah, and I even in, even start before that, talking trash is we can start with food waste. Uh, yeah. You know, food waste in our country is the single largest component of our landfills. So when you think about um, that and then understand that it creates that that organic waste in the landfill creates methane gas, which is about 86 times more potent than CO2, right? So our landfills and that food waste is a massive contributor to, um, to our climate issues, which we're seeing all around us right now. So essentially, um, and you brought this point up just a second ago, how do you make things easier is, is we've got to, as a culture, as a country, begin diverting that waste away from the landfills and into another upcycled, repurposed um, use. And compost um, is essentially the natural process for decomposition of our food waste. So it's something we've been doing since the beginning of time, and we just stopped doing it a little while ago, and we're, we're now paying the price. But um, that's what it is, and it can be used as an amendment on soil and to grow things in a healthy environment. So it basically all the nutrients in that food waste puts nutrients back in our soil and compost is uh, that really rich um, content basically. So you mentioned food waste and you know, what, what a luxury here in the United States of just throwing away food, which, you know, in so many places around the world would probably not as much be the case. Now, speaking of around the world, I've had the, privilege of traveling worldwide due to my business, full scale, fullscale.io, if you're interested. But, you know, so many countries uh, are actually really proficient at recycling their food waste. A lot of the Asian countries have like, have easy accessibility and bins and stuff like that. I mean, is that the future model that we need to follow here in the U.S.? That that's our goal. That's what we're doing with Casey Can. So the idea, as you said earlier, we need the nudge, or we need we need it to be easy. Uh, we need it to be clean. We need it to be systematic, and we need to have a sort of consistent um, methodology uh, across our city, um, the greater Kansas City area. So that's what Casey Can has set out to do with our business model, was to create the infrastructure for whether you're a big business like Nelson Atkins Museum or a Chipotle or Starbucks uh, or a food truck or a local cafe, um, a school, a household, we want this system to be the same and access the same way across all of those sectors. 
So our, our infrastructures, that's what we've tried to do uh, with the Casey Can model. What do you think the driving factor has been with some of the foreign countries that have led the way with this? I mean, was it just early adoption? Was it lack of landfill space, government support? Like, maybe, I mean, maybe you don't know. I don't know. I'm just curious about why why there are some countries that, and I and I don't have exact examples. It might have been Korea or Japan or somewhere where, you know, like I, I was watching a program at, at one point, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but you know, they had some pretty astonishing numbers as far as like the percentage of actual food waste that made it back into a composting or a responsible upcycling yeah. scenario. It, it's, it's amazing. And, and we have, we've really spent about two years researching uh, different models in different countries. So you are, you are spot on. Um, with how they're managing it way out in front of where we are in the U.S. at this point. Hopefully not for long because we're trying to rectify that. But, um, you know, I don't have an exact reason for that. But one is farming. You know, we use a lot of the chemical pesticides and chemical fertilizers. And our farming uh, industry has relied on a lot of that. And other countries have used compost as a natural fertilizer, um, as a natural uh, pesticide. It, it repels, you know, the pests. So I, I think somewhere along the way, we really went astray with that natural kind of natural process. Yeah. Com- compost is the natural fertilizer. Am I correct? It's it. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, and it's, I mean, maybe I was wrong about that. I mean, I don't know. That and uh, vermiculture, which is worms, they really, they're amazing little creatures too that add a ton of, uh, you know, nutrients to the soil. But, um, but yeah, it's a natural process. So here's a crazy stat for those of you listening. Each day in the United States, approximately one pound of food per person is wasted. And that equates to 103 million tons, which is 206 billion pounds of food waste generated in, in the United States. And that was a 2017 stat. Mm-hmm. And it's 30 to 40% of the food supply. It's Come on, people, leave it in leave it in the buffet or something. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. To put a visual on that, um, to help your listeners, and and you could probably take this to any city across the U.S. in terms of a stadium. But for those local listeners, picture Arrowhead Stadium filled every single day to overflowing with food waste. Every single wow. day of the year, that's the, that's the amount. Um, so if you can kind of visualize that or the Rose Bowl, um, it, it's, it's an astonishing amount of waste. And, and it's, if food waste were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases in the world behind the United States and China. So that stadium full of food waste is a massive environmental problem for us. And it's been identified by um, it's a group called Drawdown as the number one th- or number three, sorry, solution we've got to tackle to reverse sort of the climate trajectory. Well, and here's the thing. It's not just about the food that's being wasted. I mean, part of what also gets wasted is the energy and the water that it takes to grow, harvest, transport, package. Um, You're putting, you know, some of this food's packaged in plastic, which then has a whole nother issue with it. And, you know, that if that food, the food, not only the food go to the landfill and rots, you know, as you mentioned, it produces methane and that's 
pretty powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've got some more notes here that uh, the production of lost or wasted food generates the equivalent of 32.6 million cars worth of greenhouse gas emissions. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, when it comes to climate change and it's real people, it's not made up. If you got a problem with that, hate me on Twitter because <laughs> this is science, but you know, this, there's not, yeah, I think when it talk, people talk about climate change and all this stuff, there's not like this one stop solution that's going to fix all of it. It's a whole bunch of shit yeah. that we're doing wrong or we're doing too much of. And, you know, I, I'm excited. You know, we talk about where is Kansas or where is Missouri? And, you know, Kansas has actually made a lot of progress in becoming a top producer of wind energy, yeah. um, which 10 years ago was not the case. And, you know, I'm seeing solar panels pop up. I am switching. I'm driving an electric, gu- uh, electric guitar, <laughs> an electric car. I'll still play an electric uh-huh. guitar. But, you know, some of that is, is it's, it's uh, it, the, the solutions are required from a, a pretty wide swath of industry and people. And, you know, it's not going to just be one thing that fixes all of it. So I also got another stat here that says the average person in my hometown produces 102 tons of garbage in their lifetime. Yeah, That's 224,000 pounds of trash. The average lifespan for a male in my hometown is 77 years, which is 28,105 days. So, man. Yeah. But there's a solution. I'm going to quit buying stuff. (laughs) I mean, all of it. We can't stop eating. Uh, But how? I need need to actually. So I'm okay with that too. (laughs) But no, there's solutions. I mean, I think that's the thing. It's, it's the whole climate trajectory, the the weather events we're seeing now and and the heating temperatures, if we as a culture have the tools and the foresight and and the innovation, which we have, we have the intellectual capacity to alter these things. And food waste is really, by creating a system, it's something that all households, um, all businesses, large or small, hospitals, all the way down, like I said, to a cafe, um, should be able to participate in our program and and by that divert, you know, really millions. We're up over 2 million pounds. Casey Can's diverted over 2 million pounds of food waste at this point. And we're, we launched in 2019. So the capacity for us as a city or a region is tremendous. Um, it's tremendous. Well, let's grow KCMO. That's the Economic Development Corporation, a KCMO's tagline, and it res- and it represents how we work with businesses, large and small, and just starting in order to locate and grow in our great city of Kansas City, where we're going to make less trash. <laughs> you can go to edckc.com and learn more. Uh, so let's talk about that for a second. Uh, you, I mentioned the Social Venture Studios, and that's what you know. this week's episode is focusing on. Get a wide range of businesses, some of which I've been involved with, one of which I'm an investor in. Um, but there's a whole lot of different different businesses in there, seven. And, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the term cohort, that is like a class, a group of people and businesses that go through an accelerator or some type of business mentoring program. How did you get lined up with the program? 
That's a good question. Um, I I applied. Um, I had met Father um, Father Justin from Reconciliation. Yeah, he's, been, he's been on the show. We call him Father Startup. Father Startup. Uh, yeah. He's inspiring. He's doing amazing, amazing work. And he's really creating a, a culture and helping to create a culture around this idea that business and social benefit do not need to be mutually exclusive. And uh, so that was our vision for Casey Can from the get-go. So meeting and being inspired by him was was really my introduction to um, to Kevin McGinnis and Social Venture Studios. So that's how it how it started. Yeah, fa- Father uh, Justin has been on the show a long time ago. And yeah, I recently recommended that if he wants to raise more money for donations, he should start absolving startups of their sins. Um, <laughs> he, he was he was he thought that was an interesting concept. However, I'm pretty sure he's not going to go forward with that. Yeah. But hey, if he changes his mind. So he's also runs what's called Thelma's Kitchen. Yep. which is here in Kansas City. And it's a charitable operation that um, donates food and meals to people that need it. And I have a feeling he probably doesn't have much food waste. I know we, we compost for Thumbless Kitchen. There so you go. We all of their food waste twice a week. Everything. So what, what, after the compost, how long does it take? So let's say I, I, I have a bunch of food waste and then how long does it take to the composting is a, a process of decomposition that basically creates dirt or sludge or something that's good, good for your garden. Right. How long does that take? Uh, yeah, well, and I should qualify here. So Casey can focuses on the collection infrastructure for the city. Okay, That's our goal. And we actually partner with an organization called Missouri Organic, who does the actual processing at this point in time. Um, for us, but I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, once it's, it's gone through this grinding process, um, I think it's about three to six months that it takes to actually be turned several times so that the air's in there and you keep all that activity going. Basically you're, you're breathing life into it. Um, that's, that's how it works. So it takes, takes about three to six months to make sure it's full and healthy and, vibrant. So when you have to create a food waste collection infrastructure, as you mentioned, like, where do you start with that? Yeah, we began with research. So just what you said is country. Probably, probably smart. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, did our homework. we did a lot of homework. And essentially, we began the process by looking at the barriers. What are the barriers to keeping our, our city, our culture you know, we're thinking large scale for, for our operation. Uh, what's keeping us from making this just an integrated, natural part of our, our habit? And um, we tackled those barriers one by one. So the first was infrastructure. There was no method. There was no identifying, you know, process. Um, it, it, the process had been very kind of dirty and messy and things like that in the past. There had been lots of confusion around it lack of education, um, and really lack of ease. Uh, so we, we took the infrastructure similar to kind of a ripple purple color. If you're local and understand that that's our glass collection, we are orange equals organics and we're moving to automated kiosk systems that will also be orange. 
and those will be placed around the city um, and in schools and other places. Uh, we use liners to keep everything clean for collection so people aren't grossed out by the process. Oh, sorry. Um, and we, um, what else? We've taken all the education out of it. So um, businesses don't need to think about where am I going to get my equipment? Where am I going to get my education materials? Where am I getting my signage? We literally come in and, uh, you know, it's a very turnkey. We, we analyze their entire space. We create a system for that kitchen based on space. So food truck or hospital, you know, we'll, we'll work with, with everything. And then we hand them everything they need to do it. So we've really taken each one of those those barriers out of the out of the way. Is this a for profit enterprise? Um, it right now is a non profit enterprise. Yep, and um, we are looking to potentially at some point maybe start a a for profit subsidiary of that non profit. So has uh, up until now has this been funded by philanthropy or donations? Revenue. Uh, Right. Pardon? I said revenue. So so it's a revenue model. It's it's restaurants, businesses, you know, Starbucks, Chipotle. These people pay um, to be sustainable. And so we have been funded by philanthropy and definitely got started that way um, and, and definitely wouldn't be here without those funders. And I could name a number of them right now. But um but ultimately, the, the business, though it's a social enterprise, is designed to, you know, um, be self-sustaining and, and not be a typical, um, you know, donor-based organization. You know, I, I'm a big advocate of businesses need to leave a good, they need to be involved in having a healthy footprint in and around you know, any community that they operate in. And, you know, it's, uh, we just did something at full scale. So, you know, I've got almost 300 employees worldwide and uh, we do what we call outreach day where we make it easy for our employees to get involved in a whole and a wide variety of, of philanthropic type causes, you know, so we put in last year, I'd put in $10,000 and, then we got to add some, got to add some elbow grease in there. So we did everything this year from, we did coastal cleanup. Uh, we donated solar panels to uh, off-grid schools. So most of my employees are in the Philippines and okay. the infrastructure there is, is a challenge sometimes. And uh, we even adopted an eagle this year. That's we, haven't na- we haven't named it yet, but yeah, <laughs> we did a whole, a whole lot of different stuff with that and uh, planted trees Um, A whole lot of stuff. So for those of you listening, uh, you know, if you make it easy for your employees to uh, make it, if you make it really turnkey, you talk about the, the ability, like the, uh, I mean, how much effort and energy can nearly 300 people put into something? It's a lot, lot. you know, I mean, you look at at 300 people times an eight hour day, it's 2,400 hours of, of something. Right. And I think the thing that we've learned as this is the third year that we've done it is that you just get like we keep saying about the compost itself. You got to make it easy for for this to occur. In our case, you know, like that's even like it's kind of a company holiday of sorts. So 
Um, it's been great. It's great for morale. It makes people feel really good about the company that they work for. And we leave a great impact on a lot of places and organizations that, um, that need the help. It's so, yeah, yeah you just yeah. got to make it easy. And, and, you know, I mean, and it, it, it's, I think that that's the key to all of it. It's like when we look back at like the evolution of recycling, when we made it a little easier, when you got the recycle can in your garage, um, that made it a lot easier for people to do it. And if that's what it takes. So is that the future of food waste is like an individual collection at people's homes? Well, that's, that's a question I think out there. Um, you know, when you look at your environmental footprint about, you know, kind of going house to house curbside to pick up a five gallon bucket, I, I think there's some evaluation that needs to be done with that model. What, what we've created instead, at least for right now, is we're moving to an automated kiosk system. So the kiosks will be placed all around the region, um, both sides of state line here, downtown, where there's, you know, high density uh, locations, shopping centers, schools, places like that. And residents will be able to access those kiosks to tip or dump their uh, food waste 24-7. So they have a, you know, they have an app on their phone. It tells them which which KC cans are are full or which ones they can go to, which ones are closer to them. And and I think that really has the potential to revolutionize how uh, we as a city, as a culture here, uh, begin to to manage it by making it easy and um, accessible and and clean. It does all three of those things. Once again, with me today is Kristen Chamberlain, and she is the executive director and founder of KC Can Compost. You can go to KC, that's the letter KC, cancompost.com. There's a link in the show notes. Now, when you go there, you can do what I just did, which is click the button in the top right corner that's yellow that says donate. I just donated $100. So Thanks. it was really easy. So there you go. And if you're listening, try doing the same. Try doing the same. I mean, there's people out there that are doing the stuff that needs to be done. And it's that simple. Like I did that while we were talking, we were talking trash <laughs> and I'm donating at the same time. That's the key. So, you know, it's uh, and by the way, that was fast and easy. I, I do recommend that I've talked to people that are, are raising money or doing different things. And they're like, well, I need more donations. Make it easy to, for people to donate. I did it with one hand too. <laughs> well, thank you very much. One hand is all it took to drop off a hundred bucks. All right. So you talk, I've got some notes here about some of the benefits of composting and we talked about it reducing the waste stream. So obviously we kind of got into that cutting methane emissions from landfills, another important one. How about improving soil health and lessening erosion? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. So when you make this healthy product, it's it's dense, it it holds water. It has this amazing water retention capacity. So places like Texas, the Department of Transportation in Texas actually requires compost for new building and and the sides of roads because it it prevents dangerous runoff. Um, with, with our, what's happening across the world is called desertification, where our topsoil is drying up. 
And when water hits that topsoil, we're hearing about it, right? They're predicting it for California coming up, which is where I'm from, San Diego, um, and where my parents live. You know, it's dry. And when if they do get heavy rains, that water is going to hit it and it's not going to, you know, be absorbed into the soil there. It's just going to run off. And that's what causes those mudslides. And uh, it pulls all those chemicals out of, you know, farmlands and other places and, and pulls all of those toxins into our water streams. Uh, so compost really has a an amazing water retention capacity. It actually sequesters carbon. So it helps pull it pull it down. Um, so those are some of, you know, just the benefits of, of that. Well, that's the next thing on my list was water conservation. So you nailed it. Uh, it says research has shown that water retaining capacities of soil increase with the addition of organic matter. In fact, each 1% increase in soil organic matter helps soil hold up to 20,000 gallons more water per acre it's a lot. It's a lot. All right. So we seek justice and climate justice is a big thing here. And I'm going to give a, a quick definition of that. Climate justice insists on a shift from a discourse on greenhouse gases and melting ice caps into civil rights movements where the people and communities most vulnerable to climate impacts at heart. And that was from the former president of Ireland. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so climate justice is a term and more than a, a movement. Are you familiar with the term climate justice? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Well, what, when, it, when you think about it, what comes to mind? Yeah, well, he did, he did a good, good job summing it up. I mean, I think what we are seeing, let's just take this region. You've got, um, you've got certain locations around every city uh, that are distant proportionately going to be impacted or already have been, you know, you look at Katrina or something like that, um, by climate related weather events, these extreme events. Um, so flooding, fires, heat. Uh, in the EPA has this this wonderful tool um, called a vulnerability. It's a vulnerability map, basically, and you can look at certain regions. So there's certain areas around Kansas City where there's no green space. So as we see those days of consecutive heat over and over again, you know, economically disadvantaged neighborhoods are disproportionately impacted by that heat because it will get hotter uh, in those areas. And um, so the idea of, of climate justice, you know, it's got a lot of different you know, com components to it. But but one is trying to bring equity into um, our our neighborhoods and um, and our region so that we're sharing the burden of of these types of things and sharing resources. Um, so one of the things our new program with um, our residential drop off programs doing is, you know, ensuring that people have access, equal access to being able to compost all around the city. It's not localized to certain neighborhoods. So those are a couple of the um, kind of climate issues. Yeah, and kind of switching lanes ever so slightly here is that, you know, one thing that's not on this list, but you did mention is, now this whole thing, this creates jobs and an economy that, I mean, it's, it, that hey, 
if we can get to work on not throwing stuff away and collecting it, I mean, it's just more industry, it's more things. And, and you talk about farming and agriculture you know, here in the, we're, if you're listening, you're not in the United States, we're right in the middle of it, we're right in the middle. And this is, we grow a lot of food here. So compost is pretty, a pretty good thing. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by the Economic Development Corporation of Kansas City, Missouri. If you're in the KC boundaries or anywhere, really anywhere near that, you can find out who your business development officer is at edckc.com. We encourage you to connect with these folks out there making a big difference in our business community. You know, I've talked to so many people over the years that Oh, I, I want to get a business started. I don't know how to do it. You know, whether you're in Kansas City or you're somewhere else, look for these types of organizations, economic development. They exist to help early stage businesses or business, just businesses in general, move forward. And, you know, they're, they're giving out get, here the EDCKC is giving out grants this year, which is actually how that program started. It pivoted a little bit into the launchkc.org side of things where they paired a lot of businesses with, um, we'll say a corporate partner, which I thought was uh, effective. And they're back to doing grants again, 50 grand. What would 50 grand do for your business? I mean, that's a a pretty, uh, that's a decent check. I don't think anyone can scoff at, at 50 grand. So, you know, all right. So once again, I want to commend you for doing this stuff. This is good. And, you know, there's so many, this is, I'm so excited about the Kansas City Social Venture Studio because we've got all different kinds of, of businesses in there. I mentioned being an investor in one, that's healthy hip hop. Um, been a, I've been, we've been involved with that for years. Um, you also have uh, one pair, which is, uh, a local store that is teaching kids how to do business. And uh, I donated a whole lot of shoes there. <laughs> I went and dropped off. Like I have a shoe problem that is almost for a different, I would get almost have an episode about it. I have to bring my wife in to complain <laughs> about that. We'd really, we'd really stretch that explicit tag that's on there, but we, I mean, there's all kinds of businesses in there, um, and doing, you know, and that's what we're going to talk about all week. So, you know, thanks for being a part of that. Now, as we begin to run out of time here on today's episode, it's time for the founders freestyle, which is how I like to end my episodes to say my episodes. I am not the only host to start up hustle people. Make sure you tune in for the weekly episodes from my business partner, fullscale.io, Matt Watson. And, you know, Matt and I do episodes together. That's kind of how the uh, we do one of those every week as well. Tune in for Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her KC, and also with Andrew Morgans, who really knows a lot of stuff about selling more things on Amazon. So here we are at the end of our episode, Kristen. What do you want to leave the world of listeners? Like, uh, how can we talk trash on the way out the door? All right. Uh, talking trash. Let's see. I, I think you summed it up. It's compost is easy. It's not complicated. So I just encourage listeners wherever you live uh, to, you know, check out what's happening regionally. Um, it is easy. And I think the second thing is it doesn't have just an environmental impact. It has a social impact on lives. So when you're, you're participating in that process, it really is two, two goods with one solution. So 
Yeah, that's great. And, you know, once again, like, I, I think it's so important to have business. Well, businesses like yours, whether they're profit or not for profit, it is still a business. It has to have funds and it has to do stuff. I like the sustainable model of creating revenue and not just relying on donations. Now, with that, I donated a hundred bucks. How much are you going to donate, people? Go to KC Can Compost and leave a donation. I think I'm going to make a post about that on the Facebook as well and try to get some people, you know, look, a few bucks here, a few bucks there really make a big difference for all these organizations that are trying to be impactful in and around our community. Kristen, thanks again for joining me and thank and congratulations on being part of a really cool program with the KCEDC. Thank you so much. It's been fun. And I'll check in with you down the road. See ya. Sounds good. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.